Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon. I am Peter Storm. I'm joined by the angry D-man, Eric Diamond, representing Big Blue, and Merck, Brent Merker to cover Gang Green. Uh, guys, the crazy NFL season continued into wild card weekend with some unexpected results. And the first week of the coaching carousel has been very interested. And, and right before we came on the air, the first domino finally fell with Urban Meyer, a college coaching legend, agreeing to be the head coach of the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. And indirectly, I think Jacksonville has one team to thank for this, and that's the New York Jets. Urban Meyer would have never been interested in the Jaguars job if not for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Merck, D-Man, your thoughts on this, on Meyer going to the Jags and the Jets part in it? We'll start with you, Merck. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, who would have thought not only would we have lost the opportunity to pick Trevor Lawrence, but we hand Urban Meyer on a platter to the Jaguars. Um, can't make it up, but <laughs> it's the Jets, so, you know, anything goes. I mean, listen, um, he's a big-name signing. Is he going to be successful in the NFL? Probably, but nobody knows for 100% sure. Uh, but I, it's almost guarantees, if it wasn't guaranteed already, that Trevor Lawrence is coming. He wouldn't have taken the job if it wasn't if he didn't have the opportunity to pick Lawrence and he's going to do that. A lot, a lot of people have asked me um, with urban Meyer coming to Jacksonville and his Ohio state ties. Does that mean, Oh, maybe they'll pick Justin Fields and Lawrence falls to the jets. Let me clear this up for everybody. Justin Fields was not the quarterback at Ohio state when urban Meyer was there. There's no ties to him whatsoever. And Merck, you put, you couldn't have put it better. They're, he's taking this job because of Trevor Lawrence. He would never have taken this job in Jacksonville, even though those, even though those owners are pretty cool and hip, um, except for the fact that Trevor Lawrence is coming. Uh, D-Man, I know you got to chuckle because you're like me and you find the irony of the Jets handing Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, you know, that's what happens when you uh, somehow upset the Rams and, and the Browns. You know, two teams that won in the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, for Jacksonville, I'm happy for them. I'll tell you why, because they're – Well, you, you are – if we if we rewind back a few weeks, no, you are a big Jacksonville, Jacksonville guy. You are. They there's, are. A, there's, a, there's a picture of you on the bulletin boards in the, air, in the airport, by the airport. They are a franchise that has been struggling for many years. You know, when before COVID, they were struggling to fill half the stadium. You know, once fans are allowed back into the stadium, you know, they'll sell out um, for many years with Lawrence at quarterback. So, there, you know, there was rumors about them moving. Um, so, I think they'll be staying put for many years to come just because of getting Lawrence and obviously Urban Meyer as the coach. Now, with college coaches, there's never a guarantee that will, you know, happen at the NFL level. We've seen that before. But for Jack, if you're a Jacksonville fan, you got to be very excited. I'm sure the three of them, three people in the world that are Jacksonville Jaguar fans are very excited. <laughs> in the next week. Can I, Pete, can I just tell you the irony of this? Last thing I'll say is that if the Jets had gotten the number one pick, um, I'm not so sure Urban Meyer would have come to the Jets. So that, that you know, we're going to talk about the coaches later. I, I don't think they get him. Um, I, for some reason, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars job certainly is, is more uh, – more enticing right now so the jets they can't get out of their own way yeah I, I, don't, I don't think meyer was was you know i think it was either probably jacksonville maybe san diego you know one of those warm weather places i mean he did coach at the university of florida so he has some ties there but i think you know i don't i think maybe it wasn't urban meyer but there would have been a, i think there would have been more you know big name coaches 
potentially interested in the Jets than the uh, glitterati of eccentric coordinators that they have uh, been interviewing. We'll get into that much more later. But before we do, um, I want to talk about, like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Wild Card Weekend was pretty crazy. But nothing is more crazy to me than this stat. The Jets were actually 2-3 and three against the existing teams left in the playoffs. That is an amazing stat. Those victories versus the Rams and the Browns in weeks 15 and 16 are even more mind-boggling. Now, granted, the Browns didn't have any of their receivers, and I don't know what went on with the Rams. But being 2-3 and three against the final eight, pretty impressive for Adam Gase. Maybe he puts that on his resume for his next job. Murphy, what did you think of that? What, what did you think of that stat when I uh, when I when I gave that to you? Um, I thought it's uh, nauseating. Actually, it's <laughs> it's unbelievable. It took an entire season, and you just knew this was going to happen. Um, they beat the Rams. They beat the Browns. Like D Man said, both teams that won their first playoff games. Um, you can't make it up. It's the Jets, so there's no surprise. But I guess the the positive takeaway is. They actually look good in both games. At least the defense did. Darnold showed showed a few signs, not not a ton, but I liked how some of the players played. So if you're going to lose the pick, um, at least they showed some improvement. We'll get much more into that. Uh, in this episode, we will discuss the latest in the Jets coaching search, and, and Merker has promised Jet fans a positive spin on this. I personally cannot wait to hear it. The D-man and I and other Giant fans have been killing – and even Jet fans have been killing them all week on this uh, coaching search so far. We'll talk more about the rest of the NFL coaching carousel. We will have the latest Giants news. Um, not that there is much, but we will. there are a few things out there. And we will recap last weekend's wild card weekend and look ahead a little bit to this week's games. And again, to me, shocking that the, Bram, Bram, the Browns and the Rams are still alive. Absolutely shocking to me especially with the Rams quarterback situation, but we'll, we'll get into that later. But before we go into the Jets coaching uh, situation, I want to play this clip from 1997, the last time the Jets thought that things couldn't get any worse after a 1-15 season. Listen to this clip for a minute. Guts to be able to lead us to where we could reach the point we're at today. Along in December last year, when things were about as low as they can get for a professional sports franchise, <laughs> Leon, of course, recognized in consultation with all of us that changes had to be made. We subsequently identified and had contact from and interest expressed by 24 highly qualified men to lead this team for the future. Leon's sights, commitment, concepts were set upon the superstar that we ended up with. And if it weren't for his tremendous commitment and his tremendous singleness of purpose to bring home a winning team for the fans of New York who so richly deserve it, we wouldn't be here today having this press conference. Leon. That was back in 1997, and I purposely did not reveal the name in that clip. That is the infamous Steve Gutman, president of the Jets back then. And he was talking about owner Leon Hess, who preceded Woody Johnson. And that press conference was to introduce Bill Parcells as the new head coach back in 1997. And D-Man, if you remember, and Merck, you must remember this too, Bill Parcells 
turned the Jets from a 1-15 team to a 9-7 team. So a good coach can make a huge difference. However, unfortunately, thanks to them winning those games against the Rams and the Browns, there is no Bill Parcells walking through that door right now. Uh, Merck, why don't you give me these thoughts before we get into the current list of candidates? Yeah, well, so first of all, I remember where I was sitting listening to that press conference living in New York City. So that brought back um, interesting memories. I'll say that. Uh, I also I loved Leon Hess. Um, If you talk to any Jet fan, there is a lot of affection for Leon Hess. Um, No, they didn't win anything, but uh, he was just a likable owner. Um, everybody had a Hess truck. I'm assuming D-Man definitely had two or three of those. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, still plays I with mean, them. He still plays with them. Well, they're awesome. They're timeless. Um, so I, I guess the, the thought here is I agree that there's no Bill Parcells. There's no urban Meyer necessarily coming in to, to coach the jets, but let's see if one of these other, you know, hot coaches right now becomes one of these guys. So I'm not giving up hope yet. All right, let, let, let's let's get into the list uh, right now. Um, the Jets have reportedly interviewed nine different gentlemen for the job. Let's call them the Super Nine. They are Brian Sable, defensive co- offensive coordinator of the Bills. Eric Sleeping with the Enemy, offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Joe Brady, offensive coordinator of the Panthers. Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator of the Titans. Aaron Glenn, defensive backs coach of the Saints. Robert Salah defensive coordinator of the 49ers, and a lot of Jeff fans really wanted him. Brendan Staley, defensive coordinator of the Rams. Now, this one actually cracked me up, Merker. Brendan Staley, I, you know, I, I could just imagine the interview, and I wrote this on the Facebook page. They, Brendan Staley, they bring him in. He's sitting in front of Christopher Johnson and Joe Douglas, and they go, Brendan, we got one question for you, and that question is 27 parts. How did we beat you? How did we beat you? How did you let us beat us? From Back to School. You remember Back to School, great movie. That great movie. So I, I would think with Brendan Staley, I don't think he was a real candidate. I think they just brought him in for that question. Matt Eberlis, defensive coordinator of the Colts, and a guy I don't think you want any part of, Marvin Lewis, former head coach of the Bengals. I, 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 I don't think a candidate can excite you less. So those are the nine candidates that they interviewed over Zoom. Um, and, 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 you know, and, D-Man, I'm going to start with you, actually. If you're a Jet fan, is there anybody in that group of nine that excites you? No. I, I absolutely wow. not. There's no Bill Parcells in that group. I mean, look, you never know who you get again. I mean, obviously, we heard Joe Judge. We, we didn't know much about him, and we're pretty happy with him now. And look, I don't know how much you can get, really get from a Zoom interview as well, Um. And plus, it seems like everyone's going on second interviews and interviewing with so many different teams. Uh, it really, it's, it's, I have no clue who the Jets are going to pick. Merck, is there anybody in that group, or actually, before we get into that group, is there anybody that they did not interview um, that you thought they should have? Now, I know you were big on the Wink Martindale train, and they didn't interview him. And I don't really understand that, as Martindale actually outcoached Arthur Smith this week. So I don't really understand the martindale hate where would you bring a guy in like doug peterson a lot of rumors about peterson after he was fired is there anybody that you can think of that was not in that list of nine that you would have liked to see brought in for an interview i I don't think so i think that's the list that you've heard around the entire league really you know a couple college coaches um i think fitzgerald that is pulled his name out i think i might be messing up the names Um, matt Matt campbell actually 
May, thank you, Matt Campbell. Sorry. And, you know, the same cast of characters for all these teams that have a head coach opening. So uh, they know more than I do. So, no, I don't think so. There's nobody that they're missing. Um, Doug Peterson, uh, absolutely not. I, I mean, I, I'm, I will be very upset if that happens. I realize he won a Super Bowl, um, but I want no part of him. Um, I, I think he fractured a relationship with a lot of players. Fans don't like him. It would be a disaster. And then Wink Martindale, yeah, that's surprising. Um, you know, I, I had heard rumors that that was a, a big candidate. And who knows with Joe Douglas? I, I don't know. You don't know what he's thinking, which I kind of like. Uh, but they didn't miss anyone. Maybe Wink Martindale. Other than that, the list is good. Mar- Martindale was actually your pick in the uh, name the Jets. Coach it was. It, it was. It was because I had heard rumors, the, you know, the Baltimore connection with Joe Douglas. But, I mean, yeah. obviously you can't always, uh, w- you know, what you read is not always true. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's some uh, issues between maybe the wives don't get along between Martindale and Douglas. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, the wives don't get along. There's no chance. Uh, you know, no chance you know, for me. For me personally, Doug Peterson thing is, thing is kind of funny. You know, I, I'm not exactly sure what happened in Philadelphia, but the guy is three years removed from a Super Bowl, and there are a lot of Jet fans on our page that would be uh, into Doug Peterson. Now, personally, after what happened in that national, you you can't sell your players and your fan base on this guy. So I really think they need to stay away. So I, I agree with you. Now, since the Super Nine that they did on Zoom and his D-man said you can't really, I mean, it, you know, you can't really get a great feel for somebody on Zoom. And, and you know, D-man is a good example of that. If you, you know, if you Zoom with D-man, you don't really get to see the full experience. <laughs> so, so you, def- you definitely have to bring back people for, for uh, face-to-face. And they did that. They brought back uh, Robert Saleh and Arthur Smith. And there was a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement yesterday that Saleh was going to, was going to, get the deal done. There was even rumors that Saleh and Christopher Johnson went to a karaoke bar in New Jersey um, on, on a Tuesday night. Um, not sure if that was true or not. Uh, and then, but Saleh left without a deal. Uh, he left one Jets place and he headed down to Philly for some cheesesteaks. And then they brought in Arthur Smith today. And he also left after brunch uh, one Jets place without a deal. So, you know, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, and a lot of the beat writers are, are reiterating what you just said, Merker, is that no one really knows what Joe Douglas is thinking. Are these guys actually the top two contenders? Were they the only ones who are willing to get on a plane during a pandemic? Are they waiting for a, a, a coach that's still coaching this week in one of the games? I, I don't know. So, Merck, were you disappointed? I know you were disappointed yesterday when Saleh left without a deal. I, so initially, I was absolutely disappointed, like many Jets fans. Um, I'm still mildly disappointed. I would like them to sign sign him, um, even though I did pick Martindale. Uh, but Joe Douglas has a plan, and I have to trust it. And, you know, so here's very quickly what I think his plan is. Um, I, I think he has decided that he is keeping Darnold, and he's looking for the right coach to tell him how they're going to fix Darnold what the scheme's going to be on offense. Uh, and, and, and I think that he is, he is not going to take a quarterback with a second pick. He's, he's just, he's decided Sam Darnold and that's tied into the coaches. I, you know, you know what that means work, though. Right? You know what that means They've done all these interviews and no one can actually fix them. So <laughs> he's still looking. Well, well I, I, it's possible. I, that's why Sally was so interesting to me because he would have brought over the Kyle Shanahan power running offense. Well, that's why I'm disappointed. And that's why Jets fans are disappointed. That's exactly why. So here's what I also think. I think 
you know, um, Joe Douglas has a list of guys, obviously. We don't know exactly who the guys are. Um, he's going to interview each of them probably two times. So I think he might get, a, you know, another one with Dable. Uh, I think that he's interested in Brady from Carolina, Pete, who I know you like. Um, those four for me are my favorites personally. And I think he's going inter- to interview them both twice. I think um, that's what it looks like. He's doing his due diligence. He's got to get this right. He's got to feel comfortable with the, with the coach. And he's, he needs to hear a pitch from somebody that convinces him that they're going to f- try to fix Darnold the right way and have a good offensive scheme. So that's my, that's my positive outlook. Um, we can get into later when we talk about the draft, if I'm cool with him keeping Darnold and what they should get, but I think that's it. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that Joe Douglas, and there's a lot of buzz about it, is looking to keep Sam Darnold. Um, Todd McShay, who's pretty plugged in with, with uh, Douglas, wrote that he feels the Jets are going in a different direction in the draft. Um, you know, the re- you know, I, you know, I've taken a lot of heat, actually, about my, lo- my, my love for Joe Brady. And here's what it is. Joe Burrow was not a quarterback that anybody was looking at to be picked on the first two days of the NFL draft. Joe Brady, as a 29-year-old assistant coach, came into LSU and he, as, as the quarterback coach, actually. And, he, you know, you can't underestimate what this guy did for Joe Burrow. He turned him into, you know, a number one pick. Now, okay, I know everyone's talking about what happened in Carolina this season and the fact that they were either 22nd or 24th in offense. Okay, that's fine. But he probably designed the entire offense in the offseason around Christian McCaffrey, who played in two or three games. So you have the audible from that. And, he, you know, Robbie Anderson had a career year. Teddy Bridgewater played very well. Um, you know, the offense did enough. So I think if you're looking to fix Darnold, Brady's definitely a guy. However, the better guy is Dable from Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen, nobody saw this coming. He's the legitimate top five quarterback in the NFL right now, coming out of nowhere, very raw skills. Dable has designed an offense that works for him. It's very creative. You don't know what they're going to do each week. The only problem is, is Dable is very close with the San Diego general manager. And if you have your choice between Justin Herbert and Sam Darnold, it's a pretty easy decision. So I think that's the problem with Dable. So, you know, that, that leaves us with these with these candidates. And I got to be honest, I, I couldn't tell you right now who I thought. The, I thought for sure that they would not let uh, Saleh leave. It made a lot of sense. He would have brought Mike LaFleur with him, and, and they would have run this power um, concept that even Jimmy Garoppolo was pretty successful with. So those are my thoughts on the Jets coaching situation. But if you guys ended up with Joe Brady, I would not. You should not be disappointed. He's, you know, look, look what Sean McVay did for the Rams. This guy might energize you guys the same way. D man. Well, when this first started, I actually thought the Jets. Um... And, and uh, just just before I let D man was not allowed to participate <laughs> in the Jets coaching contest because there was no way that I was giving him any money from my personal finances to fund one of his wild guesses where all of a sudden it would have been him, his sister, his daughter and his brother in the contest. And they would have taken three different candidates and then split the $40. I knew what was going on and I wasn't allowing it. <laughs> um, as I said, I mean, I have no idea who the Jets are going to pick. I did think um, that uh, Sal and Smith were the front runners, especially once they were going for a second interview. You know, I'm still not set that they're going to, 
uh, that Doug Peterson's not is not the answer somehow. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, he did win a Super Bowl, so I you know I know things ended badly in, in Philadelphia, but three years ago he was the greatest thing since Swiss cheese. So you you you, you can't you, you can't you can't bring you can't bring in um, uh, Peterson when you. Uh, when, when, when he's already offended both quarterbacks in uh, Wentz and Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. I mean, look, who knows what the real truth is, but, you know, I, I think, I still think that management was involved in that decision too. No, I, I would, I would agree um, for sure. But I, you know, I think, you know, more on this, is it, more on this goes, I think, I think we've lost Merker. Um, more, more on this uh, when, 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 he, when we, uh, as it goes on. But let's let's talk about a little bit about the Giants now, um, and let's talk about uh, 16 years ago today uh, when the Giants played Dallas. This happened 16 years ago today. D-Man, I'm sure you remember this well. I do remember this. Back to throw, has time to the end zone, intercepted by the Giants. Intercepted by the Giants to the end zone. Or... W for corners. Where'd it go? <laughs> w, what a play. The ball was right there, so it was like, bam, bam. And I just curled it up and fell down. I'm like, yeah, we're not losing this one. I've never seen 80,000 people silent. Like, you couldn't hear anything. And it was by far the greatest feeling of my life. I've ever- so, yeah, D-Man, we were talking about the uh, R.W. McWhorter's interception. And, yeah, we remember that like it was yesterday. Um, yeah, I was at an outside bar watching that game um, on a very cold January day, and the crowd was incredible. And I'll never forget that interception because everyone went ballistic. It was one of the happiest moments uh, that I can remember, and it was only the start of that great journey to winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, it was. It was, it was that was. I've never been so happy to beat a team and look at Jerry Jones's expression. Hopefully, we'll get back there. Um, it's very quiet in Giants land right now after those. Uh, um, incredible press conferences from last week with uh, Gettleman and Mara, and we recapped them for you. Um, the biggest news story that I saw come out this week was uh, actually that Andrew Thomas actually injured his foot in training camp, and apparently he just had surgery, and apparently he played the entire season with that injury. So maybe that explains some of his early season struggles. Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, Eric Flowers, the same thing. He was he had an injured shoulder his rookie season and he played the whole season with that. And they thought that was the reason, but you know, I think yeah, Thomas, Thomas did improve though. Yeah. Flowers never improved. True. True. Um, the, the other, the other couple of things that happened this week, uh, the giants are definitely committed to a third year of Daniel Jones. Uh, Joe judge gave an in-depth uh, interview with boomer this week. Uh, D man. will get into that a little bit. Um, no giants were selected to the all pro team again uh, to me, which is yet another indictment of Dave Gettleman. Uh, you know, no pro bowlers, or I should say no all pros. Um, I mean, a case definitely could have been made for Bradbury, Graham Gano, but uh, they did not. And, uh, and the thing that will affect all teams, the salary cap has been reduced from $198 million to $175 million. So I'm not sure if that's been taken into account when we were doing our calculations on the Giants' salary cap room. But like I've said, I think they have the ability to create 40 to 50 million of cap space, but a lot of that's going to go to Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, and, and, and I, and I, from what I've heard, there's a lot of rumors about the Giants being interested in Allen Robinson. 
um, from the Bears as a free agent. So that's going to be costly as well. Uh, so, D-Man, did you, did you happen to hear the uh, Joe Judge interview this week at all? I did. Um, first of all, Joe Judge, you know, he's never going to throw anyone under the bus. You know, he reminds he does talk a little bit like Belichick. But what's, what was interesting is I didn't realize in that him and Graham are really good friends. I, I almost want to say BFF. Um, you know, they talked about the time they spend together going over tape and, and talking football and texting and all that. Also, he talked very highly of Colt McCoy. Um, he mentioned that Colt McCoy actually helps them when they're, you know, when he's on the going against the, the defense, giving, he's telling them what he's seeing. So he's helping them prepare on the defensive end. Um, so I found that kind of interesting. And with Daniel Jones, because they flat out asked him, you know, about his, the game against Arizona, you know, should he have played? You know, he said that, you know, yeah, the injury was kind of worse than we thought. However, he took the blame and said we should have done a better job, you know, play calling and adjusting, you know, to his injury. So he's never going to throw anyone under the bus. So we'll never know really what the truth is because they had said that he looked great at practice that week. There's no way because he looked horrible. Did he say anything about Jason Garrett? Nothing. I think, you know, uh, silence. But, I mean, there's definitely something there with him and Patrick Graham where Graham has decided not to interview anywhere and just stick with the Giants. I mean, that's, you know, there's something to be said for that. You know, I, I heard the judge interview. I mean, he, he was very careful about what he said about Doug Peterson. Um, you know, you could tell he was upset. You know, but like us, he realizes, hey, this was, you know, they had their own chances to control their own destiny. and they Yeah, he have- said, we're a 6-10 and ten team. We didn't deserve the playoffs. No, he just talked about, you know, you come, you play every game, especially in a meaningful game. I mean, I get it. I don't think he said anything wrong. Well, you know, you know, I, I am, a, you know, I really do like Joe Judge. And I think, uh, Merker, if we could combine Joe Judge and Joe Douglas, we might have something here. Yeah, exactly. That, that might be the, uh, the perfect combo. Yeah, I mean, get I was rid really of- hoping they would have asked about uh, Evan Ingram and whether or not they, he feels he's an all-pro. I would have liked to have heard that one. <laughs> you know, you, sometimes when they do these interviews, they tell them, uh, you know, you don't want to talk about it. I have a feeling Jason Garrett might have been one of that. Evan Engram, Dave Gettleman, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, you know, I thought I, I, I listened. It wasn't an intense interview. They, was, it, they, were, they didn't ask many hard yeah, questions. I, I, it, it, it was a little unfulfilling for me. That's why I had you read the transcripts. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, the draft uh, is scheduled, I believe, for April 30th. Um, but there's a lot of buzz starting to happen. And, you know, and, and we watched the college championship game this week, which was filled with guys that will probably go within the top ten of the draft. Um, the Jets number two and Merker, we alluded to this earlier from all reports. They seem to be leaning against the quarterback. And I don't think Justin Fields did a lot in that game against Alabama. Changed Joe Douglas's mind. Um, and I got to be honest, after watching Devontae Smith, if I'm them, I might not get cute and I might just take him. Um, the guy is incredible. Um, and if they don't take him, I think Miami will. Um, so w- what are your thoughts as we move closer to the uh, NFL draft? Uh, I am more confused than I've ever been because I thought, you know, uh, the coach would be done by now. Um, we'd have an idea. I really thought it was going to, you know, that Joe Douglas was going to find the coach quickly and jump on it. But like we talked about, he's going to take his time. That would give me a little bit of a better picture into what I thought Joe Douglas was going to do. Uh, I think we've all agreed that Darnold's probably staying. So the quarterbacks are out for number two. 
Um, if I had to guess, I'll tell you what I'm guessing and then I'll tell you what I would like. Um, I think he goes either one of two ways. He, he picks Penny Sewell at number two, moves him to right tackle. Uh, you hope it works and you have your bookends for hopefully for 10 years. It, he, it seems like a nice, safe move that Joe Douglas wants to make, fortify that line, you know, defensive line, offensive line. That's how you build your team. Uh, or the obvious one is he finds somebody that is dying for one of those quarterbacks and you trade back and you get a nice haul of picks. Um, either one I would be more than okay with. Um, the, the, the Devonta problem for me um, is, you know, they always say, be very careful when you're taking a wide receiver with a number two pick. I get everything you're saying. And, and what makes it even more confusing is that Miami, you're right, is going to take them at three. So you'd be blocking your, you know, one of your, you know, one of your uh, AFC East competitors, but I just don't know that they would do that. I think more likely is if they, if they trade back not too far, um, if they trade back to five um, and they can take chase, because I think the Eagles will take them if not at six, or you, you trade back to 10 and uh, Waddle's still available. Maybe you take a chance on him and you, you're, you're get, getting more picks. So um, I get you, Pete. I just don't think that's, um, that's in the cards for Joe Douglas to take Devonta Smith at two. I think he's taking Sewell or he's moving back. The problem, and you said it, they don't, if, and I said it earlier, you don't take Devonta Smith. You're seeing him two times a year. Yeah. It's, it's a, remember, the, glad- remember the last time the Jets um, picked a receiver very high? Sean. That's right. It was Keyshawn. You're right. Um, but they've, they've had plenty of misses uh, in the first round. Not this high, obviously. Yeah. Keyshawn was a very good Jet. Johnny Lamb Jones. Um, Johnny Lamb Jones. The late Johnny Lamb. Johnny Jones. Lamb Jones. Yes. I mean, listen, if, if, if they, if, if they call Devonta Smith's name on draft day, will I be upset? Hell no. We're getting, uh, you know, what looks like a, a, a super dynamic wide receiver one, two at very worst, but you'd say no. one. Now, so because I would of Smith's be size, I'm sorry, because of Smith's size, you know, he's a buck 75, you know, 6'1". You know, the NFL, it's a lot more physical, and they're all fast. Do you think that he's going to go in front of Chase, who opted out this past year? I think after his performance in this championship game, there's no question. Yeah, and Smith won the Heisman Trophy. He's a high-character guy. Uh, a lot of people have come out and comparing him to Jerry Rice and they're comparing to Marvin Harrison. I mean, you know, you, you don't, you know, it's almost like the same thing as a running back. You don't love to take a wide receiver that high. Although a case, you know, you know, the, the, you, you, it's much easier to take a receiver than a running back. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like the only thing that can help here is if Miami decides that they're going to take a quarterback because they're not sold on Tua. And there, there's a lot of uh, issues in Miami too now with Brian Flores where the players are very unhappy that they benched Fitzpatrick for, for Tua. Um, Tua did not show much. Um, so do the Dolphins get back in the quarterback game? I'm not sure. Or do they trade back? But if they stay at three, they, I've heard that they're taking Devontae Smith and you, you have to face them two times a year. I could see the case. You, you, you know, whatever they do at two has to be something that's going to help Darnold, you know, meteorize, you know, a lot exponentially. You know whether it's it's the bookend tackles or it's the stud wide receiver. I, I can't see that. I think they're going to pick Soul. That's my guess. If I had to guess right now, I, I think I think they pick they could trade down too and and then trade back up. I mean they they have so much draft capital. They got they they can do a lot of different things. It it depends how much somebody wants 
Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. That's going to be the thing. I mean, if we have a situation like last year where the Giants are at four and the Chargers and Dolphins colluded saying we don't, we both want different quarterbacks, you know, that, that could screw over the Jets. But, um, you know, Justin Fields is, is now being compared to Dak Prescott. Is that worth the number two pick in the draft? I'm not sure. Um, it, it's so fascinating what the Jets are going to do. They own this draft. I mean, it's, it's, there's no other way of putting it, Merker. You should just settle down for that three days, send the wife and the kids to the Berkshires, and just sit there with your bourbon and watch a draft for three days. I can't wait. I wish it was. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I mean, what's what's honestly exciting, but but kind of frustrating at the same time. Uh, like we keep saying, nobody knows what Joe Douglas is thinking. I mean, he makes some interesting moves here. I'm I'm fascinated by who he's going to sign as head coach. I'm nervous. Also, you, you, you um, should be. And... You should be nervous. I am. I am because, you know, they've not done well, but I, I feel like, you know, he he had a solid draft. It wasn't perfect, but, you know, the the, the trade you just talked about, you know, trading back and then trading back in, um, you know, he, he played some some interesting cards on draft night last year and got Mims. I know it's a lot different than, you know, top one or two picks, but I kind of trust him. And, and I know that's scary for me to, to even say, but I'm very excited for the draft. I think he'll he'll make the right move, and and D-Man and I are in agreement. I think he's going line, and uh, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I, I am getting I am getting tired of Seth Kaplan writing in Joe Douglas. We trust. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, let, let's see him do something here. You know, before we before we do that. Yeah, fair. Anyways, moving on to the other team, the Giants. They sit at eleven. Dave Gettleman will be in charge of the draft, um, which is scary for us Giant fans. And the name right now with a lot of buzz for the Giants is tight end Kyle Pitts of Florida because there's a lot of doubt that the big three of wide receivers, and we alluded to them, Devontae Smith, uh, Jason Waddle, and Jamar Chase will be available. I, I believe these guys will all go in the top ten. Um, maybe Waddle falls to the Giants at 11, uh, and that's what they could hope for. Um, so sitting at 11, Gentleman – and, and Mara in last week's press conference and we and we and we recapped it we're very very uh, passionate about improving the offense around uh, Daniel Jones with a playmaker so if those three receivers are gone and then the next best receiver is not um, projected to go that high that leaves Kyle Pitts and this is where Gettleman scares me because you're picking again for need instead of best player available He's gotten in trouble when he's done that in the past. I am very against taking a tight end that high. It doesn't usually work out. I can think of guys, they picked Derek Brown a bunch of years ago. The Jets picked Johnny Mitchell. Uh, and then the Giants took Evan Engram, and we know how that's turned out. I mean, what, what are they going to do, run this two tight end offense? I mean, I'm not going against the- – No, they would, ha- they would have to trade Ingram. They'd have to I, get something for Ingram. I got nothing, I got nothing against Kyle Pitts. Similarly, I got nothing against Saquon Barkley. But if, if the receivers are gone, I'd rather see them address it in free agency with Allen Robinson or Curtis Samuel or a guy like, you know, a guy like that that are free agents or make a trade. There's a lot. There's been some rumors about Julio Jones to the Giants. I don't know where those are, have originated from, but I've seen it. Um, I rather if, if, if the receivers are gone, I'd rather see them go corner or pass rusher. Um, at that point in the draft and not reach for a tight end. I, I, that would be a throw remote pick. And it's something I could definitely see Gettleman doing. Um, he's he, he, he's known to do that. He loves these big guys. Um, so the Giants are in a real scary position if those three receivers are gone. Uh, and, and even if yeah, they're they there. They do I, offensive know, line, too. What would you say? 
They could also do offensive line and oh, get yeah. Christian and, and, Darriso from Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, definitely the offensive line is not fixed. I don't care what anybody says. It's not fixed. Um, they still need a – they still can use a right tackle uh, unless you believe in Matt Perk completely. They can still use another guard. Uh, I mean, D-Man, what are your thoughts about Kyle Pitts? I know you disagree with me. I know you like him a lot. I like him a lot. However, I would only pick him if I could get something for Ingram. I don't want both on the team. You're not getting, you're not getting anything from Ingram. I mean, listen, we, we're amateur eyes, and we can see how bad this guy is. You don't think that other NFL executives think this guy's a clown? I mean, I, I'm not sure how he made the Pro Bowl, but he, he's terrible. The, the guy in Washington. Oh, I know that. The guy in Washington is ten times better. Logan Thomas. He should have been in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Or Jimmy Graham. He no, is, is a lifetime achievement. He deserved it too. Over. I'm not sure how Ingram made the Pro Bowl. I'd love to know. I'd love to go. I'd love to investigate that one. No, I agree with you. I'm I'm a little bit nervous taking a tight end uh, number one. They take first one. Tight ends take a beating. They're always hurt. Yeah, I mean, we're, and, we're, and some of the best the tight, best tight ends in the NFL were picking picked in rounds two, three, four. You know, yeah, Kelsey wasn't a first-round pick. No, I not at all. And, he, and either was uh, Mark Andrews uh, from the Ravens. And, and Logan Thomas is a converted quarterback. And and Hunter, Hen- Darren Hunter Henry, Darren Waller. None of these guys were picked in the first round. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Well, the last yeah. – I'm sorry. The last first-round tight end the Giants picked was uh, Shockey, right? No, it was Evan Engram. No, before Engram, my man. Yeah, it was Shockey. Shockey. Yeah, and he well, he was okay. He was overrated, though. Never has been a player been so overrated than Jeremy Shockey. So that's my point. Again, they, you know, they picked two tight ends in the first round, and neither one of them has really been that great. They need a game-breaking wide receiver. That's what they need. I agree. If they, if they, if they think these guys are going, trade up. I don't, I, you know, of course, well, they can't because they gave up a fourth-round pick for Leonard Williams. So... It, <laughs> You know, it's very, it's very focused on what the Giants need. The Giants need a wide receiver. They need another, maybe one or two corners, and they need, and they need a pass rusher. I'm not sure you get the pass rusher out of this draft. You know, there's questions with Rousseau. Kitty, Kitty Pay from uh, Michigan had a terrible season. And, I, and I've, I've read those guys don't even really align with what the Giants look for. So I don't think they're going to take either of those guys. Um, corners, there's Patrick Sertain. Um, I, that guy Sean Wade played himself out of the first round. He's still chasing Demonte Smith somewhere, um, but there's other corners in the first round. And, and like you said, offensive line. If one of those offensive linemen falls, I'm not against taking another offensive lineman either. Um, but somehow, some way, they need two or three more skilled players around Daniel Jones to give this guy a you legitimate know, it chance. Also, it also depends. Like, what are the Falcons going to do with their pick? Are they picking a quarterback? Or are they going to? You know, pick position player. I think that depends on the head coach. I mean, they're 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 in the they're, you know they're yeah. you know they're they're involved with these super nine. They really like Arthur Smith. I heard, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a new coach may want to stick with Matt Ryan, uh, you know, and give himself a chance to win. I mean, you look at that team; they lost like four or five really close games. They got a lot of talent. Yeah, Brian didn't Brian didn't play bad this year. Yeah, but he is thirty. He's a lot older than you think. He's thirty six years old. Oh no! I mean, yeah, I, I think. I think they're going to – I think they're moving on from Ryan. Maybe this year, but I don't think so. I think he's – he was solid, but they need the future. Calvin Ridley looks great. Uh, Julio's on his last legs too, though. That's the only other Russell problem. Gage. He's, he's very good. And then they have True. this other guy, I can't even pronounce his name, who's good too, uh, with an O. Yeah. Um, no, defense is the main problem of the Falcons, though. Yeah. 
But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, they could trade Matt Ryan, too. I mean, to a team that's, you know, like San Francisco, who's a good quarterback away from getting right back in the middle of it, you know. So, who you know, who knows? Like, we'll, we'll be talking about the draft right up until April 30th. Um, Merker will be hosting a big blue saloon draft party at his house after he sends his entire family to the Berkshires. Absolutely. I will I will have multiple yeah. kegs. So Just wear, everyone has to wear a mask <laughs> and be tested beforehand, though. That's correct. Unless you're vaccinated. Anyways, moving on to the playoffs. Um, last week was, uh, you know, it was an interesting weekend of football. Um, the Buffalo, we started off with Buffalo, Indianapolis. That was a pretty good game where Buffalo won that game. I think everyone's happy about that. I know I didn't want to watch Indianapolis in any more playoff games. Watching Phil Rivers throw is painful. Watching Phil Rivers throw is like watching Dave Starr run. It's painful. <laughs> uh, you know, then, and then we had the, uh, you know, the Saints beating the Bears. Everybody's happy about that. Nobody wants to see the Bears. You know, you had the Ravens beating the Titans. Um, the Ravens are hot. D-Man was all over that. Um, I would have lo- rather seen the Seahawks beat the Rams. Uh, I have no desire to see the Rams, uh, but we're going to get the Rams. Um, we've got uh, – we also had uh, – uh, what's their names? Um, uh, the Cleveland beating Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I, I hadn't even turned on the game yet. It was 21 nothing Cleveland. I mean, that's just an embarrassing performance by Pittsburgh. They didn't take them seriously. So, you know, we move on to the next round. And, you know, the D-man Super Bowl pick is still out there. Baltimore versus – who did you have? Baltimore versus – Saints. Baltimore versus Saints. I'm already eliminated as I had Seattle versus uh, Kansas City. I don't remember – Merker, I don't remember who you had. I had uh, Buffalo Green Bay. So, again, it looks like I'm going to – I can't even get out of shaving my head. Now, what are you guys looking what, – <laughs> what are you guys looking at for this week? D-man, you first. Well, I, I mean, the Rams played great last week, but I, I just feel that the Packers are just there is no, I don't I don't think the Rams can beat the Packers and Rodgers. Rodgers is really playing well. They had the week off, and of course, you know, sometimes teams get rusty after that bye week. Yeah, the Rams, so the Rams, Packers, the Rams are all banged up. I mean, Jared Goff is can barely throw. Aaron Donald is hurt. I can't see. Uh, this is still the same team that lost the Jets. I, I, I can't. I can. I, I unless Cam Akers goes nuts. I cannot see uh, the Rams coming out of that. Game. Akers and, and Darnold would have to just you know pull Lawrence Taylor or something like that. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm coming. You know, the, you know, quickly going through the rest of the games. We don't need a full analysis of each one of them. Um, but I mean, in the Buffalo game, do you like Buffalo or do you like who are they playing? Buffalo and. Buffalo and the Ravens. So, obviously, you like the race. So, the picks comes down to this game between the two of you. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, I said the Ravens and, you know, I think the Bills are going to beat them, but I'll, I have to stick with the Ravens because I said it. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game, though. I think it'll be close. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson really just needs to – if he doesn't turn the ball over, they have a chance to win. He's going to make some big plays. Um, so, we'll see. I mean the Chiefs Browns. I mean that's. I mean I'd be I'd be, be the biggest upset if the, the Browns beat the Chiefs. Well, only Odell Beckham Jr. thinks the uh, Browns have a shot in that game. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, guys, I can do it quickly. Um, you know, I I have Packers and and Bills, so I'm obviously going to stick with them. But I I agree. I think uh, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to do it two in a row. So I I think it'll be Packers. 
uh, in that game. And then I think the Buccaneers are going to upset the Saints. So you're going to have uh, Packers, Bucks, Brady versus Rodgers. Um, I think uh, I think the Bills are going to win, although that Bills Ravens game might be what I'm most excited about. Besides yeah. I guess the Bucks Saints Bucks game Saints. too, but yeah. this Ravens I didn't, I didn't like the way the Bucks Saints was going to be great. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I agree. So I think, the Ravens Bills game is going to be. Stable. I hate to say it. I don't know. Uh, Ian O'Connor came on here earlier, and it's funny we get to this. He said Brady's biggest challenge in Tampa Bay is going to be getting past Drew Brees and the Saints, and here we are. And I and I, I don't see that. I don't see it happening. I don't. I don't. I think the Bucks' defense is overrated. I think I actually think the Saints play better than you guys think. The Bears are not at, not that bad, and Drew Brees is back. Michael Thomas is back. I, I actually changing my Super Bowl team now. I think it's going to be Saints Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Remember, you're the one that's going to be uh, shaving yeah. your head, so um, you might want to listen to me M- and much, much here. Much to the chagrin of my many admirers. But I'll tell you what, the, exactly. to me, the, the Tampa offense is really, I mean, Brady's got everything done. They're really playing well offensively, in my opinion. I mean, it's. They got so many weapons. Uh, it's, not even, it's not even funny. I mean, Antonio Brown. The offense just yeah, seems this... so off to me. I mean, I mean, obviously, if Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas has not been the same this year. But if he could play like Michael Thomas was the last number of years, then the Saints could definitely win it. Um, you're right. I do think the Buccaneers defense has been overrated. I actually thought it was going to be better by this time this year. So it's just, that's a hard game to pick. It really is. Yeah. Mercury, you said it best. The two games I'm looking forward to and that I'll try and make sure that I can watch are definitely Bucks Saints Sunday night at six. I think that game starts at six and six forty. Six forty, yeah. And then there's the Ravens bills game um, on Saturday. So those are the games that I'm looking forward to. I think, you know, if you want to plan your weekends, you could probably miss the other two games and try and plan. You know, you're, you're, I know D-Man will try and plan his entire schedule. He'll, he'll be the uh, great father for all that time just so he can watch those six hours. And we got to savor it. Football is coming to a quick end right now. The NBA is – Yeah, it's going to be impressive. Yeah, I mean, the NBA is on a path to uh, a, a pause, and I'm not sure – nobody even cares about baseball at this point. Uh, 90, 90, 75% of the free agents haven't even signed yet. Anyways, moving on, we'll, we'll update you on the playoffs, um, you know, as we keep going. Our name, the Jets coach contest is now locked. We have eight, 19 contestants playing for the big blue saloon prize package. Merck, I did let you play, but not the D man. I explained why earlier. I feel like if I let the D man play, all of a sudden I would have like five or six people from the diamond family in the pool taking different coaches. And I, and I, and I, for the, for the integrity of the contest, I felt it was best to keep him out of it. <laughs> so good luck, Merck. I, I don't like your chances though. I don't like my chances either, um, but yeah, I'd rather lose uh, this little pool and get a great coach. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you are a listener, do not forget to join the Big Blue Pace Facebook page. Um, we are now at 142 members. We were we were actually at 143, uh, up of, only up one from last week. But you are missing out. There's a lot of I'll tell you, there's a lot of posting going on there. I can barely keep up with it anymore. Um, led by Glenn Consor. Um, uh, Michael Oxhorn coming in. Strong Michael Oxhorn too. is coming in strong. Michael Oxhorn, the greatest unathletic tennis player that you'll ever meet in your entire life. <laughs> I mean, does yeah? He, he must have a good serve and good. Uh, but nah, good it's the opposite. You ever? You ever? I don't know if you guys have played tennis, but there's those machines that hit the ball at you, right? You, you, you know, that's yeah. him. He's like. Uh, you, you, you hit the ball, he hits the ball back at you. This guy has absolutely no athletic ability. He'll be the first to admit it. 
but he was an unbelievable tennis player. I, I, he was my kryptonite. Uh, four years of high school, I could not beat him. And I could have beat him at any other sport, even ones I don't play, but I could not beat him at tennis. But, yeah, he's coming on strong. He's a big Robert Saleh guy. I think he lives, eats, and breathes the Jets. It's kind of interesting. Um, but, yes, he is battling. Consort has uh, family issues that sometimes prevent him from participating. Uh, anyways, uh, Merck, we'll start with you. Any last thoughts before we uh, move on for next week? Yeah, two two last thoughts. So um, <clears throat> our family got a puppy this past weekend, so I have not slept in over a week. I don't know what we were yeah. thinking, but she's super <laughs> cute. Uh, a lot of fun for the family. Um, and then the second one, I'm going to repeat it from last week. Um, I'm gonna, and I'm going to say it every week. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fa- fan of Barstool Sports and Dave Portnoy. Um, if, if you haven't looked up the Barstool fun yet in those videos, you need to do it. Um, it's heart-wrenching, but also really inspiring. Um, you know, our government continues to not really help small businesses, but Dave Portnoy is and everybody donating to it. Um, I'm looking at the page right now and he's got $25 million, um, you know, right now in this fund and, you know, just, just do it. Just $5, $2, just go on there and help a small business. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my PSA for the evening. Uh, d well, I'm looking forward to the games um, this weekend. I'm hoping there's some entertaining games and hopefully maybe some that go to overtime. But, you know, it's it's so needed only because of, you know, between COVID and what's going on in this country, you know, what happened in the Capitol last week. It's, it's you know, it's a really difficult time for everybody. You know, D-Man, you know, as, as hard as it's been on you, it's hardest on Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> You know, jeez. Oh, you know, it's it's hardest on Kyrie Irving. And I think we all need to take a second to figure out what it is to be in Kyrie Irving's shoes and making thirty-four million dollars a year for playing a sport that you love in Brook in New York City. I mean, he's know, a disgrace. I, he's I know an absolute it's a football disgrace. Podcast, but we would be admiss remiss if we did not mention Kyrie Irving and James Harden coming to the Nets. I know, you know, uh, Stephen A. Smith thought it was a great trade. You know, we can all have our own reactions to it um you know if james if the nets don't win a title it's a terrible trade because the rockets have control of their next seven drafts and three of those drafts are going to be top five picks probably um at the end so you know but again eric i sorry to interrupt you i I don't think it's fair for anybody to be insensitive to what kyrie irving is going through that is true i know he needed those, those those four days off and he had that big birthday party for his sister and uh Maskless, I might add as well. So yeah, I mean, look, winning uh, clears all the conflicts, and the reality is, once they start learning how to play together, you know, they should be the best team in the East for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, my my final thoughts on that was that yesterday that my head was going to explode between uh, everything that was going on between the Harden deal, the Jets coaching, what was going on in the news. My head was literally going to explode. Um, uh, you know, these, these continue to be tough times. Um, you know, hopefully um, everyone can get vaccinated and at some point we can get back to normal lives. But I'm going to savor these last three weeks of football because, like I said, I, I'm just not sure how the NBA will continue even as much as they're going to want to with the show in Brooklyn. Um, you know, like, like I said, does anybody even care about Major League Baseball? I mean, I've been waiting DJ LeMayhew to sign for now six, you know, for like three months and doesn't seem like anything's happening there. 
I think outside of uh, speaking guys, you will not believe this. We've got some breaking news as we're about to close the podcast. This is Merker, I'm not sure you're going to be happy about this or not, but the Jets have a new head coach. They have hired an 49ers defensive quarterback, defensive coordinator, Robert Saleh. So he must have left Jet one play, one Jet place, flew to Philly, decided he wanted the Jets back job. Saleh is your man. Unbelievable. What a turn of events. I mean, I'm uh, so excited about it. I'm tongue twisted. I can't even say it. It's funny. I mean, what unbelievable turn of events today. Uh, they interviewed yeah, me. We just got finished going through all of this candidates. Uh, you know, timing is everything. We're just about to sign off, and then this news pops in. I get an alert for, uh, you know, an Adam Schefter alert. It's official. Robert Saleh, five-year contract with the Jets, and he's your new head coach. What do you think? I think it's unbelievable. It's been a crazy day. Uh, they they bring in Saleh for the first interview. Uh, let him go. Jets fans wondering what the heck's going on. Bring in Arthur Smith, was, which was a weird second person to bring in for a second interview. Uh, but as I said earlier, uh, we trust in Joe D. I know you hate hearing Seth say that, but this is, this is a very good hire. Um, I thought he would go Wink Martindale. Uh, I admit it, I'm a little bit surprised here. Uh, but this guy was a hot name out there. He's got passion. He's got energy. Uh, from what I hear, he's a kind of a CEO leader type, which is exactly what this team needs, this organization needs, and Sam Darnold needs. And I think that's what probably sold Joe Douglas. Um, Sally, you know, is is somebody that's going to hopefully be a leader of men. He's going to get Darnold uh, psyched up, um, get a good scheme in there with an offensive coordinator. It's looking like it's going to be Mike LaFleur as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. As you say that, we've got more breaking news. I mean, this is incredible. Hold on. The Jets have announced that, yes, Robert Sally will be bringing Mike LaFleur from San Francisco as his offensive coordinator. LaFleur was the passing coordinator for San Francisco, so he's joining Saleh here in New York. So, Merker, the news keeps coming in. If we wait any longer, uh, we might find out who the defensive coordinator is, too. I mean, you know, this is crazy. The Jets moved quickly. They get the guy. Uh, you know, you, you, you he, he is the guy that everybody seemed to have wanted. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. I mean, and, uh, you know, again, this, this cements the fact that they're keeping Sam Darnold and, you know, I still have mixed feelings about it, but I feel really good with this hire. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, he turned that San Francisco de- defense into, you know, whatever, a top 10 defense. And they had major injuries this yeah. year. Yeah, they, um, they did. So, somebody on their Facebook page listed all the players that were missing from the San Francisco defense, and they were still fifth overall. I mean, that, I'm sure that wasn't lost on the Jets, along with bringing the Kyle Shanahan power running game here to uh, to to assist in Sam Darnold. I mean, that, I mean, that, that really uh, makes your case about them doubling down on the offensive line in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think you know they're keeping Darnold. I think they're gonna they're gonna build the line. So I think Penny Sewell to me is is a shoe in for the second pick, and you just hope that they can convert him to right tackle, uh, and you know pound ground and pound. They don't have a running back to do that just yet, but uh, you know Rome was not built in a day. We got our head coach. Uh, I'm excited about the offensive coordinator. We'll see who he picks on defense and, and fills out his staff. 
but this is this is a serious hire. This is not an Adam Gates. This is an organization that maybe is starting to turn the page and maybe gets it. You got to get a guy in here that's got some clout, uh, that has some some good experience, a good track record, even though limited. Um, great hire. No, you're you're absolutely right. This this was the guy who was in Seattle with the Legion of Boom. Um, he went to San Francisco. He turned that defense around. Everybody likes him. He's an emotional guy. Um, you know, I, you know, I can't poke fun at this hire for the Jets. I mean, they kind of went out and threw the first domino. I mean, yeah, Urban Meyer. I mean, he he wasn't really part of it, but out of all the guys that everybody else is interviewing, um, they got the guy that everybody seems to have wanted in Sally. I mean, everyone thought he was going to Detroit. He's from Michigan. I heard he had a bad interview where they didn't mix philosophies. They didn't have. A, they just hired a new GM. Um, for, you know, so, for, so who know? You know, listen, the Jets went out. You got to give them credit. You know, maybe they found their Joe Judge. Um, and you know, with him and Joe Douglas, and it, it looks like they're on the same page with Key. I, I have to say, you know, listen, nothing's definite in this life, but it's like ninety percent that I think Sam Darnold remains the quarterback, which is going to make a lot of Jet fans happy. You know, all the Sam Darnold apologists out there, um, see what he finally got. You know, Merker, uh, it would have left out the D-man, but the D-man seemed to have signed off prematurely. So I'm glad you stuck with us as this breaking news came in. Well, D-man has been trashing the Jets for weeks, especially today. And uh, he, he's afraid to come on the podcast because um, you might have Joe Judge. Um, we have Robert Sala, or Sa- I guess I have to. Yeah, I, I think we're going to. I think the trickiest thing now is going to find out how he actually wants us all to say his name. Is it Salad? Yeah. Is it Salad? Is it Salad? I don't know. You it, tell me. I have no idea, but he's our head coach, and uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm very pumped, and you know, and it takes some of the mystery for me out of the draft, but um, I'm good with a Penny Sewell signing at, at or a pick at number two. Fine with it, unless they get some crazy, you know, tr- treasure trove of picks. For somebody to move up, you uh, you go you go Penny Sewell and, and let's get going. No, nobody's more excited about this than Michael Oxhorn, who you aforementioned earlier. Uh, cannot, we we definitely even though uh, he didn't win the contest, we have to have him on. Um, I don't have to give him the forty bucks, but we should have him on the uh, podcast and discuss this and more possibly give us some tennis. Down. Possibly give us some tennis tips as well. That would be great. Um, but you know, Merck, thanks for sticking with us. This is breaking. I mean, I literally was about to hit sign off. And the alerts came in fast and furious. Once again, the New York Jets have a new head coach. It's not Bill Parcells walking in the door, as we mentioned earlier. But it's Robert Saleh, who, by all intents and purposes, is the most coveted guy out there in this cycle of uh, interviews. And the Jets got him. And, you know, the Eagles didn't get him. The Chargers didn't get him. The Lions didn't get him. Your New York Jets got him. And I... And I've been very outspoken and laughing at them and joking that he went on karaoke with Christopher Johnson. Maybe, maybe that worked. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's all Joe Douglas. I, I you know, I keep saying it. Um, you know, I'm reading some tweets right now as we're, as we're finishing up this podcast and Adam Shine, who I love uh, just tweeted Jets fans should be pumped. Great choice. in Sally. Fantastic. And love his pick for offense coordinator. Awesome job, Joe Douglas. That says it all. I don't, I don't even think the most cynical Jets fan, Seth Kaplan could even criticize. This. I mean, Kaplan yesterday on the Facebook page did ask why he should be excited about um, Sally. And we, and I, and believe it or not, we have a 49er fan as part of the page. And I asked him, to put on there what it is, you know, what about it is about Sally. And he said, he's like, you know, like you said, he's a leader of men. He's emotional on the sidelines. 
He did a great job with a defense that was undermanned. Um, he's he's bringing he's bringing in his offensive coach. Um, I'm reading a tweet with Quinn and Williams right now. Quinn and Williams is losing his mind right now. He's so excited about Saleh. Not only that, um, I'm also just reading now that Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, and uh, 49ers GM John Lynch are coming out and congratulating and say how how they the Jets got a steal for for a head coach. So really exciting. Yeah, I mean this 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 could be a uh, you know a tr- turning point in Jets franchise history, bringing in Robert Sally. I mean, you know, uh, they're not, ha- they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but maybe they keep Sam Darnold and they build that offensive line. And, and, you know, it's something to keep in mind with the 49ers. If you want to think about how the Jets may look next year, offensively, um, the 49ers had a three headed running back attack, maybe even four. Sometimes they had uh, Richard Mostert. They had Tevin Coleman. They had Jared McKinney. They had Jeff Wilson. I mean, any back that they put out there in this scheme ran for 100 yards. And none of these guys were picked with the number two pick in the draft either. These are free agents and late-round draft choices and what have you. So, and, and there was Matt Brietta before that. So whatever scheme they run in San Francisco, and then they, what they like to do with their receivers is they like to be multifaceted, these small, quick, quick, fast guys like Akibo Samuel and the Brandon Ayuk, who they had this year. So that's the type of stuff to look forward to with the Jets' offense. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo will not – you know, Jimmy Garoppolo might make Sam Darnold look like Johnny Unitas at this point. So, you know, I, I, I am very fascinated to see what this all means for the Jets. And we know yeah. defensively they're going to be sound with, with uh, Saleh running the show there. Yeah, that's that's also exciting. I was just thinking that, you know, they, they made some really good strides this year. Uh, strides this year, even you know, especially after Greg Williams was gone. They have a couple really, you know, big bright spots. I think they're going to sign Marcus May to a long-term deal, which I agree with. Uh, Quinn and Williams is looking good. They have excited. A Quinn nice Williams pieces. is excited. excited. Yeah, and so, you know, not only are you getting the CEO, he brings in a good offense coordinator with a good scheme. You get a guy that's going to, you know, help to run that defense. And, uh, you know, a passionate head coach is exactly what we need. Um, it's it's exciting. I'm thrilled. All right. Well, we will, you know, get much more into this next week. We'll try to bring in some guests, some other Jet fans, have a little roundtable discussion on Mr. Saleh. We'll try and do it earlier in the week, next week, maybe, um, and, and dedicate most of the show to that. So, uh, once again, um, for Eric Diamond and Brett Merker, a very excited Brett Merker, he'll be on Twitter all night. You can follow him. He'll be looking at all the different tweets. He, he's going to be looking for, you know, knowing Brett, as skeptical as you are, you'll be looking for a reason to not be excited, but be excited about this. That's fair, but now I'm looking <laughs> only for positive tweets tonight, and I've not seen a single one that's been bad. Nah, you won't. So, we'll be back next week. Uh, you know, like I said, so thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. This room will be open. Your father's home.